I want to welcome everyone who's uh, listening to us on the King's Cast from iTunes and those listening to us live on the internet as we are broadcasting this. I want you to turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18. The title of my message is The Debt Collector. I've been preaching from Matthew 18 for about 15 years. But I never quite preached this today, ever before. And I believe that we need to have a revelation. And I believe that some here may receive a revelation today. A revelation is when God shows you something himself. Something so sometimes blindingly obvious, but you never saw it before. And this message today, the debt collector, has two revelations contained in it. A revelation about what God is like. And a revelation of maybe how you have been like. And where there needs to come a wonderful change. To set you free. To be the man or woman of God that you are supposed to be. Let's read the story. It's the parable of the unmerciful servant. In the NIV, that's what they call it. Peter came to Jesus, verse 21, Matthew 18, and said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus says, no, no, seven, not seven times, but 70 times seven times. And then he tells this story, and this is our story today. Therefore, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. That's about 5 million pounds. And since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me and I will pay you back everything. I want you to say that with me. Say this. Be patient with me and I will pay you back The servant's master, verse 27, he took pity on him and he cancelled the debt and let him go. Verse 28, but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, about about five quid. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and said this. Can we say it together? Be patient with me. And I will pay you back. But the man refused. In the Greek it says he 
he wished not to do it. It's very strong. He, his will was not to do it. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were distressed. They went and told their master everything that had happened. And the master called the servant in. This is what he said. He said, you wicked servant, says, says the man, the king. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. There are three ways to unpack this parable. This morning, this is going to be powerful. I feel it on me. I can feel it in me. It's going to be powerful. There are three ways to unpack this parable. Number one, it's a great gospel message. The man owes five million pounds. Not even Cap can help him. And we owe because of our sin, you see. We've fallen short of the glory of God, have we? So we need to be forgiven. When someone pays your debt for you, it's come out of their account. If you borrow 20 quid off me, and I, then you come to me next week, here's the 20 pound. Now, this is pure fantasy, you understand. But you come back and say, here's the 20 pound. And I say, oh, no, no, it's okay. What I've done is I've paid the debt for you. I'm 20 quid down on the deal. And we cannot pay back our debt to God, so God pays the debt for us through the blood of Jesus. That's the gospel here. There's another way to look at the story, which we will today a little bit which is it's actually about forgiveness. It's about if I've been let off a debt of five million pounds, I shouldn't be going around going, let me have my fiver off you. If God has forgiven me for 30, 40 years of sin, then I ought to be able to forgive you for four minutes of your sin against me. Or even 40 years of your sin against me, whatever it might be. But there is a third application to this parable that I think is hidden, it's amazing, and we're going to see it today. Are you ready? And this is all free. You don't have to even buy popcorn for this. Those listening on the internet won't know what we're talking about there. The debt collector. The debt collecting system is something that's built into uh, human experience. Forget money now. Forget borrowing money, paying back money. The principle of I owe you and you owe me, we owe them and they owe us, actually permeates through the whole of our lives. It's part of our, I don't know if it's part of the British culture, only I suspect not, Let me give you some examples. I I owe them a favor. So I I ought to go. The word owe and the word ought come from the same root in English. Well, I ought to go and help my dad. Why? Why do you ought to go and help your dad? Because you owe your dad, right? That's what you mean by that. 
well, I ought to do this. Someone comes out of prison and we say, they've paid their debt to society. We use this concept all the time. He owes me an apology. See, He's done something wrong, so he owes me this. So if you thought debt and owing was all about money, you're mistaken. It's much bigger. It actually is part of our human psyche. If you do me wrong, then you owe it to make up to me, or vice versa. You go and have a bad meal in a restaurant, and they take the, the drinks off your bill. Well, it was only what you were owed. See? We have it all the time. It's nothing to do with money. It's to do with the way we think. And this comes into the Bible. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. and Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Matthew 6 verse 12. And then Paul, even Paul gets in on the act, Romans 13. He says this, let no debt remain outstanding except the one to love. He says, don't owe anyone any money if you can help it. It's not a sin to be in debt with money. But he says, if you can help it, don't owe anyone any money, but you do owe everyone your love. Right? So he uses this expression. So it's not just to do with money. And this leads us to two groups of people uh, who are sitting here. You may even be in both categories of this from time to time in your life. First of all, the owed. The owed. There's a whole bunch of people, and I'm talking about in the church as well, I don't just mean in the world, but in the world too, of course, who feel that they are the owed. They are deserving of something back to them. They are the owed. Some people believe they are owed debt by others. Well, I've been offended by her, so she owes me an apology, see? Well, I've done so much for them that they owe me this. Now, of course, in a beautiful and fair society, that would be the case. If I came and start your car at four o'clock in the morning, next time you've got trouble with your car at four in the morning, you probably ought to phone me. I won't answer, but you probably ought to try. Yeah, there's a sense of, you know, well, helping one another out. But there's an, so in one sense, I, I understand how that works. And it's a, a sense of justice. But there is a, a terrible way in which this can go very wrong. The king's servant made this mistake of believing that he was the owed. Because when he left the presence of the king, he went out and there was a guy who owed him about five pounds. And he throttles him because he wants his money. He's just been let off a debt of millions. But he wants his, he wants his five pound note. And that's exactly what you and I are like when we don't forgive people. 
God looks at the maths and thinks it's crazy. And how quickly we forget that we have been forgiven by God. Tons of things. But how quickly we forget. And we become the ones who feel that we are owed. But today I want to ask you this. Because we've all heard, we've all heard exhortations down the years to forgive people. And here's another one today. But that's not quite where I want to land with this today. Because what you might find yourself in a position of is someone who believes that not only does someone on this earth owe you something, but someone in heaven owes you something as well. I mean God. The owed. Lord, I have faithfully served you for years. Why am I not healed? It's not right. For 40 years I've hoovered the church floor. And that new girl, she only came to church the other day. She's new. First service, she got healed in her, in her throat. I've had a bad throat for 40 years. Probably because of all the dust of all the hoovering I've done. Lord, I have tried to be a witness in my workplace all my life, all my Christian life. I've just been made redundant. Excuse me. Pay me what you owe me. Right? I have to tell you, sometimes I get like this myself. Sometimes I go out and preach somewhere. I'm in my little car. And I'm off to do a healing meeting and I'm, I'm ill myself. I say, oh God. And you begin right. Because you say, oh Lord, please will you heal me. I need to be strengthened to minister to your people. But it's not long before I'm halfway down Long Stanton Road. Before it turns into, Lord, you know that I need this. all sounds very reasonable until you strip the paint off and see what am I really saying you owe me that's what I'm saying uh, right 
have lived holy. But that other family in the church, they're a nightmare. Why, is, why are they going on holiday? Why are they going on holiday? To New York. And oh, how I rejoiced when I won a holiday in the newspaper, but it's to Egypt and it's this weekend. How come my holiday is in Basingstoke and theirs is in Brazil? What am I really saying? You owe me. That is ugly. And it's how the devil wants you to behave towards your God. Just like he did with Job. What's, there's so much about the book of Job. But one of the elements is this. Job, he owes you. And he hasn't paid out. Because if he paid out what you deserve, you wouldn't be ill. Now let me ask you this. How many of you know, not in your heart, but from the Bible, that the Creator doesn't owe you anything? You can curse the name of God by the way you feel in your heart. Why haven't I got that house? How come I've got cancer? How come I've got arthritis? Doesn't God know that all I want to do is serve him? So we have to be really careful about this. And maybe some of us this morning will catch a revelation. I'm not finished yet by a long shot, by the way. Because the biggest shock is yet to come. But we need to learn something about ourselves and about God here. And maybe you can catch a revelation of when you're, you're, the way you talk to your father is not right. And you need to catch a glimpse again of who he is. You wanted to throttle God. For the sake of a five pound note. Warning. These signs are normally unforgiveness towards others. And they can lead to cursing God or challenging his very character, his very nature. Number two. The owing. Some people believe they are owed. I should have this. Either from man or from God. Other people believe the opposite. Of course, it's possible to believe both things at different times in the day. (laughs) But some people believe that they are the owing. And I want you to catch a revelation of this now. 
when the servant went to the king, he said to him this, I'm not asking you to forgive me my debt. He said, all I want you to do is to be patient with me and I will pay you back. Right? On two occasions that sentence is used in the story. Once by him and then by his friend. Be patient with me and I will pay you back. He didn't ask for his debt to be written off. He asked for an extension of time to pay. I want to ask you this. You who are a Christian today. I don't want you to answer me audibly. But it's an extremely serious question that affects your relationship with your God. Are you forgiven of your sin? Or do you have longer to pay it all back? Because in all of our songs, in all of our confession, in all of our preaching, we say that we are forgiven. And by the way, we are. Number one was the correct answer. But the way you feel, the way you live, may not be the way of someone who's been forgiven, but rather someone who's got a bit more time to clean up their act. Be patient with me, Lord, and I will pay you back. I know I've made a mess of my 20s, but in my 30s, I'm going to be better. I know I've made a mess of my 40s, but in my 50s, I'm going to be better. Lord, be patient with me and I will pay you back. And I believe that there are probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe of thousands, of Christians who sing that they are forgiven, but live as though they merely have an extension in order to do such great and wonderful holy acts that they can make up their credit with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And those two things could not be any more dissimilar. You don't need an extension. You are forgiven. 
guy says to him, no, 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 no. You don't have to pay me back. I'm going to wipe your debt out. But maybe the guy didn't believe it. Maybe he didn't believe it. Maybe he just thought he had an extension. Maybe that's why he goes around throttling people. I, I need five pounds. I'm going to have to pay him back. I've got a bit longer to pay. Zero percent interest until next January. But I, I've got to pay it back. Perhaps the servant mistook the offer for an extension of time. Many Christians live like this. Here's the warning. It's a mistaken, guilt-driven mindset that leads to self-atonement and torment. Christians beating themselves up because they've got to get the credit with God. It's not money he wants, but he wants my acts of amazing holiness, my acts of amazing courage and faith. I'm somehow going to make it up to him. I'm going to make it up to him. I'm going to make it up to him. I've committed a terrible sin, so I'm going to make it up to him. I'm going to make it up to him. And it becomes self-atonement. It becomes, I'll suffer and pay off my debt through my many strivings, through my much legalism, to all my efforts. Because I sing that I'm forgiven, but I don't believe I'm forgiven. I sing that all my sins are washed away, but I don't really believe they're all washed away. I believe I've merely got an extension. And if only I could get my act together. If only I could come and repent again. If only I could come and renew my life to Christ again. I'll start again and I'll start, I'll start paying it off. Like a guy desperate to get rid of a debt. For six months he doesn't pay it, so he knows, oh, in the next six months I have to double, I have to double my payments just to get even. No! Not with God. With God, all my sins are washed away. But it's got to go from here, and it's got to go to here. Can I go into here? That's where it's got to go. I believe many, many live like this. I've got to be better. I've got to be better. I've got to be, I've got to be better. I've got a debt to pay. So they, they join the evangelism team. Uh, They join the shooting team. They, they go and help with the kids. Uh, they're going to do acts of service. Uh, I've, I've got to be a missionary. Somehow, if, ooh, if I'm a missionary, that's worth double points. <laughs> right? And if I go to a country that's a bit dangerous, that's, that's, that's a triple point thing. And I come back, thank God, all the way through the trip. I was 
terribly sick. How put a bit of credit up there? It won't. Because someone already put all the credit up there. Jesus Christ put all the credit up there. When he gave his life for you. Should you be a missionary? Should you help the kids and serve the church? Of course you could. Of course you should because you're grateful that you don't have to pay it all back. You go into the presence of the king and you say, I'm grateful that you've paid off my debt. And because you've paid off my debt, I will express my gratitude to you by serving your kingdom. But I'm not paying off a mortgage. I'm not looking every month to see how much of the debt has gone. I have no debt with God. I have no debt. In Matthew 18, the very end, the story of the man is, is uh, given over to the torturers. In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers, verse 34, to be tortured until he, could, until he should pay back all he owed. If you live a life of feeling that you owe, if you are the owing, it's a torment. Because you can't pay it. You can't do it. And the Holy Spirit, by His grace, May he sweep across this room and across all who listen online and on iPods and on computers everywhere. And may there be the opening of the eyes now that you must not live like someone who is owed and you must not live like someone who is owing because both are mistakes. It's a torturous place. How will those who owe God behave? Some ideas of mine. How how are you likely to behave if you feel that you're trying to pay off your moral debt all the time? Fearing. I never met anyone who loved the debt collector. In our work. In our community work here, we've met people who know debt collectors quite well. We've tried to help people who suffer from the visit of the debt collector. But in all our work with Christians Against Poverty and helping people in debt, not once did we meet someone who said, the debt collector is coming on Wednesday, I'm so looking forward to seeing him. Most people don't want to hear the phone ring when they're in debt. We heard through our work that some have got so badly in debt they would turn off all the lights. Their lights would be off in the house all day. All day. In case someone came knocking on the door so they could fake that they were out. One lady in the north of England used to crawl around on on the floor in fear of the debt collector looking through the window. 
You don't have a debt collecting God. You have a debt paid in full God. Can you say amen? That's what you have. Now let your brain tell that to your heart. You can't love God if you think you owe him. Not really. So you'd be living a life of fear. Striving. Oh, you'll probably be absolutely devoted to the cause of holiness. And by the way, that's not a bad thing. But your motive will be skewiff. Because you'll be dedicated to being holy. Oh God, make me holy. I just want to be holy. You'll be like that. But it won't be of a godly motive. It will be of a guilt motive. It will be of a, of a self-atonement motive. I must go to the cross myself. I must pay for my crimes. That's not how it works with the God of the Bible. works, not faith. Serving God out of fear and duty. Unconditional love is a phrase we use all the time in Christianity, but very few Christians really believe in unconditional love because they are not capable of it themselves, except for their own children. They forget that God sees us as children and just as a parent has unconditional love for their child. Well, most do. God is also capable of overseeing all the junk and just loving just like mum and dads are. Unconditional love. Unconditional love. Unconditional means no conditions, right? You don't have to fulfill any conditions. You go ahead and backslide. You go ahead and curse the name of God. Go and join a society that seeks to close down Christian churches and God's passion towards you will be just as much as it is now. No conditions. Nothing to pay. Nothing to pay. It's all paid in full. Jesus said, Titelestai, and the Greek of John 19, it is finished. It is paid in full. Sometimes on debts of the day, where people would have a debt and they would go and get it paid. Like you and I might go to the post office and they might put a stamp on our document. The guy might even sign it. And what he's saying is this, the debt is paid in full. And that great phrase, when Jesus said, it is finished. One single Greek word, it has been completed. It is accomplished. It is finished. Was a phrase that was written across Greek documents when debts were completed. You would submit your final document. You've paid everything in full. And they would write, tetelestai, on your document. It is finished. You owe God Nothing. Not because he's not worthy. Not because you're not a sinner, but because he's paid it all for you and for me. 
fearing, striving, failing. Maybe this is the worst bit of all. You're going to try and pay back your debt, you're not going to succeed. You're going to fail. You're failing now, you'll fail tomorrow, you'll fail, you'll fail in 20 years. You're going to fail because the debt was millions. So you're going to fail. Fearing, striving, failing. Let me just be really strong here. Let me just set straight. Does that just, do those three words there describe you? Because if they do, then you haven't quite got it yet. Because God doesn't want you to feel any of those things. You have been saved. Not by your own works, but by his. And sure, when one is paid off, when a debt is paid off, you'll want to go and work for that king. You'll want to give your life for that king. But it's not going to be, be patient with me and I will pay you back. It's going to be because you're in his family. It's going to be because you believe in his cause. And you want to serve him. Let me finish with this. Psalm 103. I think it's verse 3. Let's have a look. Verse 3. We're told this. That he forgives all my sins. What I want you to do today is I want you to be a Christian that simply believes that. That all your sins have been forgiven. All of them. Jane and I are reading a book at the moment. I get through a chapter, then she does. It's written by a, a counselor who many years experienced in counseling Christians. He speaks about a man he was counseling on. Well, I want to read you this. It's an American. It says, while he was in the armed forces in Korea, he spent two years of rest and relaxation in Japan. During that leave, Walking the streets of Tokyo, feeling empty, lonely, and terribly homesick. He fell into temptation and visited four prostitutes. He'd never been able to forgive himself. He had sought God's forgiveness and with his head believed he had it. But the guilt still plagued him and he hated himself. Every time he looked in the mirror... He couldn't stand what he was seeing. He'd never shared this with anyone and the burden was becoming intolerable. When he returned home to marry his fiancée, who had faithfully waited for him all those years, his emotional conflicts increased because he still could not accept complete forgiveness. He couldn't forgive himself for what he'd done to himself and to her. 
so he couldn't accept her freely offered affection and love. He felt he had no right to be happy. He said to himself, I have no right to enjoy my family. I have no right to enjoy my life. I've got to pay back the debt. The terrible tormentors were at work within him. And he was trying to punish himself, to suffer, to atone for all of his guilt. All those years he lived in a prison house with the debt collectors doing their deadly work. How beautiful it was to see him receive full, free forgiveness from God, then from his wife, and perhaps best of all, from himself. Sure, he was a Christian. In fact, I can tell you that this man was actually in the ministry. He believed and even preached grace, but he'd never completely accepted God's forgiveness. He was trying to repay by promissory note. He was doing a self-atonement job with the guilt disposal unit going on inside him. There's no forgiveness from God unless you freely forgive your brother from your heart. And I wonder, says the author, if we've been too narrow in thinking that brother only applies to someone else, what if you are the brother or sister who needs to be forgiven and you need to forgive yourself? Does it not apply to you too? The Lord says, forgive your enemies. What if you are your worst enemy? Two revelations. Something this morning to learn about God. Something this morning to learn about me and you. I want to ask you this. If you believe God owes you, stop thinking like that. Because you're going to hurt yourself. And if you think you owe God, stop thinking like that. Because you're going to hurt yourself. You are hurting yourself. He is the Lord Almighty. We should not speak ill of him. We should not put him in the dock and sentence him for being a bad God to us. But neither should we put ourselves in the dock and sentence us to an entire Christian walk of torment because we thought instead of being forgiven, we just had longer to pay. May God set you free from these issues if they be something that plague you.